blue wire. Blake Griffin has been traded to the Detroit Pistons. Blake Griffin, turn, drive, lays it up, lays it in. Reggie Bullock, oh, he got it. Turn, fires, he fills it up. Hey, y'all. Uh, this is Lazarus Jackson, and you are listening to Pistons vs. Everybody, the Pistons podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You are uh, not actually listening to Pistons vs. Everybody. You're about to listen to the Chase Down podcast, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. But the guys who run the Chase Down, you know, Justin Rowan and Carter Rodriguez, were, were nice enough to bring me on their pod to talk about the Pistons win over the Cleveland Cavaliers. So obviously in return, like they give me the audio, I get to post it with a little cross cross promotion. Everybody's happy. So in return, what I need you to do for me is subscribe and rate and review their podcast. Again, that's the chase down podcast. You can find that on, you know, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. You can find that on the blue wire website. Uh, You can also subscribe to their Twitch channel. They have a discord and stuff. And Justin and Carter will tell you a little bit more about how you can access their content. But yeah, uh, this is uh, me. This is Pistons versus everybody on the Chase Down podcast. See you guys in a bit. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm not a very fashionable guy. I had no idea which shoes are cool. I had to Urban Dictionary what a hype beast was. And my closet is packed to the gills with Michigan State t-shirts. But I'm at that age when wedding season is year round and you need to look for the photos of that. So let me tell you about Indochino, which I wish I knew about before they started sponsoring this podcast. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. The process is simple. You can get measured and design your suit at the nearest Indochino showroom, or you can do it all yourself on their website, Indochino.com. On the website, you choose your fabrics, you pick your customizations, and you submit your own measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks with free shipping. And the best part is that they're affordable. Almost all of their custom-made clothing is under 400 bucks. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when you enter Blue Wire at checkout. Again, with free shipping, that's at Indochino.com promo code blue wire for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. That's an incredible deal for made to measure clothing. You have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit to weddings. Wedding season year round, your significant other will be pleased. Trust me. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. What a terrible night for my fantasy hockey team. Just brutal. <laughs> Got guys on the IR. Uh, Landis Cog's not back. Hornquist is out. Uh, Alex Edler is now on IR. It's, I'm just in shambles. It, it's a real tough year for your boy. So I'm going to take some of the pressure and, and, and find some escapism in talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, and, and no. what a cast I have today. That voice you hear is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going, buddy? I'm grumpy. Uh, I wasted one of my last, uh, last free available evenings as a not father on that fucking garbage. <laughs> oh man. I, 
I, honestly, I think more people are going to tune in now because people seem to love Grumpy Carter. Um, but if they're not coming for Grumpy Carter, they're coming for other co-hosts today. Lazarus Jackson is with us today, host of the Pistons vs. Everybody podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network as well. Laz, how's it going, man? I'm doing great. And the only <laughs> season I played fantasy hockey, I won my championship because I was the only person who bothered to set my lineups daily. So... <laughs> See, we, we got a pool uh, with me and my friends, and last year was the first year we did pick trading. I won the league, um, but a bunch of people just had a fire sale at the end of the year, so they would have like six picks in the first two rounds. Wait, you had so, a bunch of processors in your league? How dare they? Big time. It, it was awful. We, we've changed the rules around, but um, we are not here to talk about that <laughs> at all. We are here to talk about the absolute beat down the Detroit Pistons put on the Cleveland Cavaliers coming into this podcast and my process typically whenever we have a guest on is I, I like to think about okay well where might this podcast go what I was kind of hoping for was either a competitive game or the Cavs win and we get to talk about how the Detroit Pistons are probably a better team than their record um, they made that point for me tonight. <laughs> Walk me through some of your thoughts as you uh, got your first glimpse, uh, real good glimpse of the Cavs this season. So the thing that I immediately noticed was that Kevin Love only took seven shots. Like, yeah, Love is a guy who I imagine would thrive in a beeline system, but it seems like between the fact that you've got you know two very young guards, one relatively young wing and starting lineup – those guys aren't doing the best job of distributing. Mm -hmm. um, Love himself is just kind of floating through games. And so, like, that was what really stood out to me. On the other hand, like, Blake Griffin made, like, six threes. Like, just yeah. threes. <laughs> and so, like, that, the, winning that matchup is uh, really useful if you're trying to beat Do you guys. remember um, that it was when Love was still in Minnesota and Griffin was still in L.A. And they just, like, each dropped 50 on each other? No, it was just oh, like this. Yeah. It was at least it was like thirty apiece, and like it was funny because both were bad defenders and both were ill-equipped to stop what the other one did well at the time. Um, and boy, do I long for those days right now! I mean, Kevin Love <laughs> never woke up in this well, see, game. You gotta remember, for me, all of my Kevin Love memories are like Tobias Harris being unable to like do anything <laughs> with him in a playoff series for oh, four man. games. And so, like, yeah, we, we have different perspectives on, like, how good <laughs> it, it's kind of fun. It's kind of funny to see the uh, Kevin Love-Blake Griffin parallels because, obviously, both guys have done a lot of work on their game over the years. Um, I think Blake's transformation has been a little bit more dramatic just because he's added so much to his game. Um, but even now, you, you have two teams that – um, are below 500. Obviously, the Pistons are in a much better position, but um, the conversations around both players are similar. They're, they're tremendous basketball players that can help a lot of teams, um, but how people view them as an asset is different based on their contract and kind of what they're prioritizing with team building. Um, both players you see mentioned in targets for trades and things like that. Um, but on the other hand, Griffin um, showed tonight that, hey, when you have him on your team, it makes watching basketball entertaining. It, it gives you something to, to look for. And now that he's healthy and back in the lineup, I expect the Pistons to get back in the playoff picture. Obviously, Kevin Love didn't do the same thing tonight, but these are guys that can really raise, raise the floor of your team. No, absolutely. I think and the most the biggest thing that Blake has actually brought is like, 
an off the court like leadership perspective like the right we we talked a little bit about how the pistons have been underperforming part of that is they've lost three games against the hornets by a combined seven points already <laughs> damn yeah, that's rough Woo. and so after the last one blake came out and was like this is unacceptable like we can't like live like this like oh i'm trying to remember the exact quote he's like we love to win but like mm-hmm. we're not willing to fight for it and it's right. just like like you, you need a dude who's like willing to say that in the locker room and like openly to the media. And like since then, they've won two straight games by thirty points. Yeah, feels feels good. And like, yeah, the- I, I mean, you look at the East standings right now, and the Pistons are currently out of the playoff race. Um, just or actually just a couple losses behind the Magic right now. Mm-hmm. Um, their point differential after that shit kicking is up to plus one. It was like I think minus uh, point five. Yeah, we're, we're I mean, great yeah, for and that like, and like prior to the game uh on sunday it was like in the like minus two-ish mm-hmm. range yeah uh what what's kind of your thoughts on the state of the pistons like where do you want to see the, the how do you want to see this season play out so it's really there's like this huge bifurcation among the fan base um especially bifurcation after like the, on this what, podcast what a great That's a five dollar word, word. <laughs> especially after the third once you lose three times to charlotte people are like blow this up like i'm i'm sick of this mm-hmm. and uh you know it's it's still like less than or you just now hit 20 games you're barely a fourth of the way through the season it's way too early to blow it up but you understand why people are frustrated right like you can't even like you can't even make the playoffs over or no an orlando magic team that's currently like missing their best player like mm-hmm. that doesn't look great but yeah. uh at the same time like blake started the year hurt he missed the first 10 games and it took him another five or so games to get his feet under him um mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson started the year hurt. Like he's still out. They just got the news that he will be reevaluated in two weeks. And so like, that will be like a roughly like seven week injury for him. Right. And we both, and like Reggie Jackson has been vital to this team's success, despite the fact that like he's Reggie Jackson. So <laughs> it's whatever. And uh, like, so it, this team still makes a lot of sense in theory on paper. It just needs to start winning games, and it looks like that might start happening. Of course, you know, they play Milwaukee tomorrow. I'm going to talk to Ty. They're going to blow us out by 20. I'm going to be sitting where you guys are sitting tomorrow, and we'll be straight. So, Hey, you never know. I, I mean, the Cavs did beat the Bucks last year somehow, so the stranger things have happened. Um, there, there are some good stories with the, uh, the Pistons as well. I almost said the Bucks because uh, you got my mind floating there. Uh, Bruce Brown Jr. Um, has been very Alan? solid. Brown. 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 <laughs> Brown. Did I say no, I didn't say Brown. No, you didn't no. you didn't. But I just I, I had something in my throat and I powered through it. That that's what uh, happened. But thank thank you for derailing only, the podcast over. If only the Cavs could do that. All right, anyway. <laughs> Mental toughness, Carter. That's what I bring to the table. Um he he's been a pleasant surprise. I, I think this was probably the first time a lot of Cavs fans got to see him. Uh has been an impact defender. I think he hit a couple threes tonight, which is, is very good to see. Um, has he been kind of one of the, the brighter surprise spots of this team or, or is there someone else you, you have in mind? I think the, the brightest surprise spot would have to be like Luke Kennard. Like honestly, Dude, might- I've, I've been see. I feel like he's shown it for like in these little spurts the last couple of years and it, it's just come together for him in such a crazy way. So mm-hmm. at first it was like, he would, he would kind of really subside himself when Blake was on the floor. He would really defer to Blake right. and Without Blake for the first 10 games this season, he was, like, scoring, like, 22 a game, shooting, uh, I think, like, over 40% from three. And then Blake came back, and he, it took him a while to kind of find his footing. 
And but I think you saw tonight, like he was able to get into the paint against a bigger guy like Chetty. That's that's a really good sign. Even if he was using that paint time to throw Andre Drummond bounce passes, he couldn't catch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but it's it's really good to see like Luke develop into like a legitimately uh, productive and useful and efficient offensive player. Now like mm-hmm. Bruce is like his opposite, right? Like Bruce is uh, productive and efficient defensive ah, defensively. Yeah. Um, able to attack the rim. Him playing point guard and starting at point guard, I think, is like a year ahead of schedule, and that's because of the Reggie Jackson injury. Yeah. But he's done a fairly good job of it. Doesn't turn the ball over, which is like a huge thing for a guy his age. Um, can't uh, is starting to be better about like attacking the rim and like something other than a straight line drive, and right. uh, even like can bust out a floater every now and again. We saw in summer league he can pass. He's putting up triple doubles in summer league, and so like yeah, is. <laughs> It's really a, uh, it's an exciting time for like the young guys, but like that's that hasn't necessarily led to wins until the last two games, right? Yeah, and I think that he par- probably deserves some response, uh, some credit for taking Garland out of this game. He was on Garland for a lot of the night. I thought he made some really really good passes. I I that was the aspect of his game that I, I was a little bit surprised about. Uh, Luke Kennard is somebody that I always thought was going to pan out and be a good player as Carter mentioned he did have these flashes so it is nice to see him kind of have that breakthrough season uh somewhat with consistency and hopefully now that Blake's back full-time um he's going to continue to be productive um but yeah it's it it was (laughs) this was just such a a painful night and it was just another example of teams with length really giving this Cavs team problems um you would you know who else really gives this Cavs teams problem uh NBA teams yeah teams (laughs) team teams are just really hard uh basketball teams primarily like if you put a soccer team out there I think the Cavs could win well, I, I had to step on your joke because you jumped all over me as I was powering through something in my throat. So I, I had to take some fair. some I, of the thunder away there. Well, no, I, I mean, I, like, <laughs> speaking of, like, long, lanky dudes, though, I wanted to ask you guys about, like, KPJ. Like, that's a dude that a lot of Pistons fans had interest in. Like, obviously, they could have taken him at that pick, and it was before it was traded to Milwaukee and traded to you guys and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't, he didn't look bad tonight. Like, how's he been so far this year? He's just been really uh, – first off, I think – both of us are definitely on board. I think we both believe in him as a player and as a prospect, and we think that there is something there that can get figured out. I mean, the biggest thing with him is consistency uh, and really just the the brokeiest broke-ass form on that <laughs> jumper. <laughs> I, like, I, I like that there. He's out there with Della Vadova, so it doesn't look like he has the worst <laughs> jumper on the court. Jesus, um, man! It's like I, I honestly don't know how he doesn't like tear some ligament in his elbow at the <laughs> angle that his off arm goes. Well, no, I was thinking like you're playing him at the same time as like Jordan Clarkson, and it's just like the Spider-Man pointing meme where like they're both just like chucking. It's like no, like give that guy some structure. Like play yeah. well, Porter actually, yeah, and that's been an interesting thing with him is he does have some some juice as a as a cutter. He's shown that he's got good timing as a cutter, which is not something I was expecting. And as a passer. And as a passer. But I think you're right to say that, like, you know, when your options are busted-ass jumper Deli, Nance, or returning Henson, and then Clarkson, it's like his propensity is going to be to chuck. And, like, I think the Cavs need to find ways to avoid that. But overall, I've been mostly pretty pleased with him. I mean, obviously the jumper is bad, um, Mm -hmm. even if the results are okay sometimes. 
Yeah, right. the, the, the flashes with him are really encouraging. I, I think everybody understood that it was going to take some time for him to round out his game, and he's a lot further ahead of schedule than I think almost everybody anticipated. Um, he has good instincts on, on defense, still can get a little too handsy and called for fouls, but um, overall, um, I, I think a lot of people are impressed with what he can do defensively when, when he's locked in there. Uh, passing's a pleasant surprise. He can create space. He just can't really convert those jumpers. So um, all the tools are there and the flashes are exciting and his great games are are really, really encouraging. Um, He's just going to be one of those guys that if you look at his averages over the course of the season, you're going to say, okay, well, there's nothing really to his rookie season. Uh, But if you watch him all 82 nights and, and you see those bright flashes, you can see that there is a player there and, somebody that has one of the probably higher upsides in the draft, in my opinion. Yeah, Laz, something you're going to really like about this Cavs team is that uh, uh, all of their numbers, except Tristan and Kevin, are terrible. But trust us, there's flashes. <laughs> well, no, I remember like two weeks ago when you guys were trumpeting the, uh, the net writing of their starting lineup. And I was like, uh, oh, man, there's some stuff there, maybe. Maybe no, nope. there just, was even even people minutes. beyond us, even uh, folks like Zach Lowe and all yeah, that were saying, yeah. "Hey, there's something to the starting lineup," and, and not lately. So I, I actually wrote about this uh, after the sword uh, doing the the recap for this game. So I, I tried my best to, to soldier through that. And one of the observations I had with them defensively is the the starting lineup at the beginning of the year they were playing pretty good positional defense. Now it seems like. A lot of guys are trying to make the the home run plays, the hero plays, jumping passing lanes, um, trying to kind of blitz with with help defense. And it just leads to breakdowns. They're not good enough defensively to play that way. And I I especially think the young guards need to put some emphasis on just solid team positional defense. Um, Because as we saw against Detroit... Um, teams are going to make you pay if you leave guys that open. The, the, yeah, they're able funny. to make those reads. It was funny. For a brief moment uh, today, I had the thought that uh, every fan of a bad team has, which is like, man, the Cavs could use some luck with opponent three-point shooting. <laughs> but like, it just feels like they're making everyone. It's like, yeah, if you leave them wide open for every single one, it's going to feel like a lot more going. Well, I mean, What was funny to me was like when you uh, – the the Detroit uh, – TV crew like put up a shot graphic of all where all the threes came from and like two thirds of their threes are just like left wing left corner yeah you easily see like okay so what's happening is like they're running high pick and roll um somebody's like hedging and they're just kicking it out to the corner and like that guy's wide open yeah Easy. I, I mean if I mean, you they... if you leave NBA players open when an NBA player has the ball they are going to find that guy reliably they, they're oh, going to Colin Sexton am I right fellas <laughs> <laughs> but no they, they're going to make those deliveries reliably and so will ship station with the holiday rush being here you have to be able to ship your orders out quickly efficiently and affordably but how do you keep track of all those orders decide which shipping carrier to use or if you're getting the best rates luckily ship station can help With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door. And delivered on time for the holidays. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including the U.S. Postal Service, FedEx, and UPS. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. 
Take the hassle out of holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, and enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen, Carter. Woo! The Cavs certainly didn't make ship happen tonight, and they certainly weren't sharp. You know what you can always rely on to be sharp, Justin? What's that, Carter? Razors from our good friend at Harry's. Oh Listeners my of this God. show can get $5 off any Harry's shave set by heading to harrys.com slash bluewire. Free shipping ends on December 16th, so you better act now. Here's why it's a great deal for you or any, any dude or hell lady in your life that... Uh, that uh, is in need of a gift holiday set start at just $20. That's within Secret Santa limits, you corporate drones. And Harry's <laughs> Play refills are as low as $2 each, so your guy will save money over time. Comes ready to gift in a handsome holiday gift box. I kind of want to buy one just from the box. And your gift gives back. This is a lovely little thing that Harry's is doing. 1% of each sale goes to don't will be donated to charitable organizations love to see that from harry's they were charitable with me after i lost my travel cover they're charitable with everyone else too as a special offer for fans of the show we partnered with harry's to give you five dollars off any shave set including the holiday uh limited edition sets when you go to harrys.com slash blue wire plus you'll get free shipping each harry's set comes with a weighted handle with an option to engrave Ever heard of it? Five blade razor cartridges, foaming shave gel for a rich lather, travel cover to protect your blades, packaged again in a handsome holiday gift box. That's actually in the copy, handsome, which I like. Free shipping ends on December 16th, so right now, just go to harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire. Now, Justin. What's up? I, I just uh, had to, you know, I'd taken a little break from Harry's because, you know, we're, 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 we're beard boys. You know, yeah. we don't we don't need to burn through, Ooh. you know, nine no razors. November. Like it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't need I don't need to burn through like a six thing of razors. You know, uh, I shave maybe once, twice, three times a month. Uh, so I, I paused it, but I, I just refreshed and I got that uh, that aftershave with aloe, a little <laughs> treat myself purchase. Can't wait for it to show up, man. Speaking about gifts around the holiday time and shipping. What do you think, Laz, what do you think the Pistons are going to do with Andre Drummond? Because I think he's somebody that I've seen non-Pistons fans talk about as either a target in free agency, uh, maybe somebody at the deadline. Um, I know it's kind of been up and down relationship with Pistons fans over the years. Uh, He's made some strides uh, in kind of defending the rim and uh, just his overall defensive game. But what is kind of your take on what Drummond has become and where he fits into the Pistons' long-term plans? So Drummond has improved year over year, but right. that development has not always been linear and is, has not always been uh, shown up like consistently. And so like that's always the thing, right? You'll definitely there's definitely been fewer times when he's been like the moody guy who like doesn't try on defense, but mm-hmm. it's it's still there. And now he's sort of trying to do too much on offense. You saw some of the outlet passes tonight. Um, he, he got stripped down the stretch of a Charlotte game that helped 
them uh, lose that game. And so like, you can tell the coaching staff told him like, don't dribble it down the court anymore. Cause he was, he was definitely doing that to try and initiate offense. And so like, <laughs> it's just guy, people are just really frustrated with Andre. But my thing has always been, um, you know, not that many other teams have cap space this off season. Mm-hmm. Not that many other teams are in dire need of a starting level, like all-star level caliber center. And so like, if you can get Dre on a relatively like valuable deal for an extended period of time to lock him up the rest of his prime, you should absolutely do that. Right. Having talented what players does that is kind better. of deal look like? Having talented players is better than not having talented players. And I've, I've always said four years, 110. Okay. That feels reasonable. And I yeah. do think that there's this um, – with players in the archetype of Drummond that, you know, are good, not great, um, and that would not draw a ton of interest. Like, it's so funny. These guys were always like, well, the Pistons can't pay him. Uh, they can't max him. But they also assume that no one also else wants like, them. No one is talking about maxing him. Yeah, no like, one. <laughs> no one wants to give him a full 30% max. Nobody. Yeah, he, he actually asked them not to because it's too much pressure. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I just think that there's this weird, like, discourse gap where we want to pretend like the team that it will have to max him to keep him. But then we also acknowledge that no one else would want to max him. So yeah. it's like, well, it seems like there could be something worked out here. Like the discourse gets like messed up somewhere, and I don't know how to fix that. Yeah, it gets dunked on sometimes. Oh, oh you asshole! Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. No, I mean, so he tweeted. He it's funny because he tweeted about Drummond during the game, and then Andre like put up a damn near five by five, and so it's like, well, don't you look stupid, Nate? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I- yeah. The person I'm actually more interested in, I know we kind of moved off him, but I think it's kind of worth noting just to continue those parallels with the Cavs because uh, with the Cavs, everyone wants the Cavs to trade Kevin Love for peanuts. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically in the, in the to Portland. Media. Yeah, specifically to Portland. But to any contender, just to get him out of Cleveland and somewhere more interesting. And, you know, they, they cite the contract. Uh, they cite the age. They cite injuries. Sure sounds like a certain power forward in Detroit. And, you know, where do you stand on, like, where you want Blake Griffin to fit into this Pistons team? I mean, are you on the fence of just trade him to get off that horrible, horrible deal, which is obviously much worse than Kevin's, but nevertheless, he's probably a little bit better than Kevin right now. Yeah, he's been so good for the fan base to, like, finally have an actual star to, like, hold on to in Detroit that I think – even having him as just like a guy who plays 60 games a year and produces at like a close to all-star level, if that's ultimately like once he, what he ends up being like two years from now, I, I think that's fine. I wouldn't necessarily like re-sign him for the same contract he's got now, especially mm-hmm. since he'll be, I think like 32 or 33 by the time that rolls around. Right. But like what, again, like what he brings as a leader uh, is just like so valuable for a team that like, has been kind of just drifting aimlessly for like the last decade or so, ever since the Chauncey Billups trade. And let's so, say, let's say a team did want to come calling, and uh, it would take a lot. It would take you, a lot. You would ask for. You would not ask for just cap relief. No, no. You so you'd want picks, and you'd want like one young guy. Man, you'd I'd be willing to eat some bad salary, but like, uh, give me like a, some picks and like one young guy. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I don't know. It's just so funny that the people who want teams like the Cavs and Pistons to make these kind of deals 
are typically the ones who don't have to watch these guys. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and then they shame them for tanking and, oh, my God, well, well it's, it's they don't deserve like, a high pick, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's, make, making the eight seed in the East is just so useless from a team-building perspective. There's no value in making the playoffs, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But blah, also, blah. we so, got to fix tanking. Yes, yes, right. absolutely. God, no, people don't know what they want. You know what? That's what drives me nuts about this whole NBA ratings discussion is because there's no way to know what the real cause is. Everyone just lays it on whatever their biggest gripe is. If it's tanking, they'll mention that. If it's um, teams in LA having star power, they'll say that. Um, if it's uh, LeBron has ruined the league. Sam and Andy will do that. Like there, there's just everyone will find their angle uh, for this one. Harden will get some blame too. Um, yeah, so social media inside the NBA, right? Absolutely, like, it's it's all of that. It it probably isn't that all the star power is in the West and the star power that's in the East is hurt. And if nobody's watching the early games, they're probably not going to go over to the evening games. Uh, <laughs> no, that couldn't be it. No, no, ab- absolutely not. It couldn't be LeBron that LeBron the- in the East is a cheat code that the league never should have let leave. Yeah, it will blame Nike for that one because they're the one that paid him to go to LA. Oh, um, yeah, brother. Uh, so if the Pistons do kind of execute your uh, vision or, or, or at least your preference of keeping Griffin around from a leadership standpoint, very, very similar to what we've kind of wanted from Kevin Love. Um, what would you want to see from them uh, this season? Because obviously they aren't in the upper echelon of teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, do, do you want them to be buyers? What, what assets would they, they kind of, would you be comfortable parting with to improve this product? Uh, what, what would be the direction that you'd like to see? So I would, I just had a big long podcast on Sunday about how I'd be comfortable trading the first round pick this year for mm-hmm. immediate help, which sounded like blasphemy before they like beat the Spurs by 30 and beat Cleveland by 30 and are now only five games under 500. And, and but, that's the Pistons versus everybody podcast on the Blue Wire Network that you guys can all check out. Yeah, we didn't really plug that, did we? I did earlier. No, no, oh, he, he you? got it in there. He got okay. it in there. I'm a, I'm a bad listener. I, I, I like the love. <laughs> but, okay, uh, that's good. But yeah, no, I mean, they have, you know, Reggie Jackson's an $18 million expiring contract. You can, you, somebody will want that, right? Um, Langston Galloway has uh, a $7 million expiring contract and has been playing really well for whatever it's worth. So like, uh, you probably can't get another, uh, like starter for Langston, but mm-hmm. you can get another rotation level player. One that right. uh, adds a little bit more size in the perimeters, maybe a little bit better team defender or something like that. Um, so yeah, I would, I would be interested in like small, uh, additions to this team to make a uh, to shore up their weaknesses of like guarding bigger wings. Like they have no, they're going to play the Bucks tomorrow. I think they've lost to the Bucks like eight straight times. They have like literally no one on the roster who can guard Gian- Giannis. And I know no one in the league can guard Giannis, so that's not really that much of a problem. But like they also have nobody who can guard Chris Middleton, and that is a problem. You can't not guard both of those guys at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, I think the Cavs can relate pretty well to this right now. These teams are more similar than you think. You know, loaded up with expirings, washed, uh, you know, a a power forward that was once a superstar that a lot of people think is washed up. Both Um, cities have a complicated relationship with Dan Gilbert. It's all there. Uh, (laughs) Young young guards in the backcourt. Yeah, Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. 
So is yep. Milwaukee the team when you look at the Eastern Conference that you say that that's kind of the cream of the crop? That's that's Cream City, baby. Um, or, or is there another oh, team? God, I hate those uniforms it's so, so much. Bad. It is so <laughs> bad. I, I feel like they're trying to capitalize on the sex line movement and and, and they, they're pivoting. Now they that's want probably the what the line. Bucks marketing team was thinking. I think so. I, I think Wendy sold us out when, when he mentioned Good. it to the national audience. They're like, oh, man, we got to get this Cream City thing going. Guys, Definitely. I think those Chase Down boys sold 19 shirts. We got <laughs> we got to well, get on this. It definitely wasn't the guys at Nike working for like eight months before you even came up with Sexland because they hadn't drafted Garland yet. Couldn't no. have been. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> have been. not. Couldn't have been. Uh, but it, is Milwaukee the cream of the crop? Pardon the pun. Yeah. No, um, before the season, yeah, I would have said Philadelphia. Well. And, you know, they've started relatively slow. Um, and But they – Philadelphia to me like looks more suited to a team to play in the playoffs than during the regular season. Like they only go eight or so deep. They're long as hell. They're tall as hell. And uh, they're willing to win a game like 88 to 85, which is sometimes like what it takes in the playoffs. So although I think Milwaukee is a better regular season team, I'm still looking at Philly as like the top of the class in the East personally. How would you, what I'm trying to figure out is how to tear out the Eastern conference. Cause my impulse is to, kind of do roughly what we had preseason, which is tier one is Milwaukee and Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then tier two is this kind of morass of Toronto, Miami, Boston, Indy, maybe Brooklyn, if if they get healthy, you know, but like, I don't know if that's necessarily true anymore. And I'm trying to figure out, uh, Justin's going to make fun of me, but like, how seriously do we take Toronto here? Um, I would take them seriously. I, I, I really don't want to make fun of you on this. I, Pascal Siakam is fantastic this year. Um, the, the fact that they won without Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka um, should actually kind of let people know that this team's pretty legitimate. Like you, you've had a lot of guys step up this season. Um, their young guys have developed behind the veterans. And the fact that they um, didn't even – really lose anything without Lowry and Ibaka being out um, might give Masai some firepower on the trade market to, to help improve this team. I, I still think they're ultimately a piece away, um, but teams like Toronto and, Milwaukee, uh, Toronto and Miami, even if they can't necessarily win it all, I could see them beating any team in the Eastern Conference in a playoff series. I don't know if they can win four, play, four rounds in the playoffs, uh, but those teams, they're legitimate in my eyes. Laz, let me let me clean up the question because I didn't frame it very well. Um, how many teams can make it to the finals in the Eastern Conference right now? Oh, uh, yeah, two. <laughs> you really think just two? Because I don't know if I believe that. So I like like just going from the bottom up. Like Brooklyn is like the opposite of Philly, where that team is built to win during the regular season and like not anywhere else. They well, shoot a Kyrie they shoot in the a, playoffs. They shoot a bunch of threes and don't play defense. Like that's not a winning formula in in the playoffs. I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. I like I like what Indiana's done. Um, I need to see what Victor Oladipo looks like when he comes back, which sounds like it could be happening sooner rather than later. I think he's got like, uh, yeah, according to like Tony East, he's got like media availability tomorrow in Fort Wayne with the with the Mad Ants. So hmm. like maybe maybe there's some news there. Maybe not. Who knows? Um, you know, Boston Boston needs a big man. They need to trade for a defensive center. I have every confidence that they'll do that. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's Marcus All. Maybe that's hang on, hang else. on, hang on. I I gotta get 
uh, a joke and you have confidence that Danny Ainge is going to use assets in a, in the trade market. Oh, absolutely. Oh my absolutely. God. All right. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. I'm, I, I mean, think he's going to roll with Daniel Tice personally. <laughs> it's like, I, I love time Lord just as much as the rest of NBA Twitter, but like, am I going to play him 15 minutes in the playoff game? Probably not. I hope they uh, give up their treasure chest of assets to get Aaron Baines. <laughs> That's exactly what It would be so perfect, too. <laughs> it's such a good fit. <laughs> such a good fit. Uh, they're, they're like the Lakers. They don't know how to develop anyone. They, they leave and they look good. It's probably that they get proper coaching for the first time in their careers. Woo! Ooh. Ju- Ooh. Justin, I, I must ask, though, um, do you agree with that statement that only two teams can make the finals in the East? No, 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 no. Um, I, I think there's a bunch of teams that are a piece away. Um, I don't know why I went so dramatic with my nopes, but uh, I, I yeah, that was quite dramatic. I, I think so much of this is going to come down to um, matchups in, in in the East. I think a lot of these teams are going to be buyers at the deadline. Um, I I think experience matters. Like I, I think Toronto probably has an edge, and I I mean I hate giving Toronto this type of credit just because I of how much Raptors fans annoy me. But at the same time, I do love all of Raptors media pretty much. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I probably think there's about five teams that are a piece away. Uh, or if the matchups break right and, and they get hot at the right time, uh, could make the finals. I, I, I think you're right. I, I lean more your way than Laz's way. Uh, average millennial man in the Twitch chat just asked Tristan for Boston. And I, I think that, that's going to be a popular thing. And, uh, you know, uh, the Boston's tough thing own, is yeah. there's no money to match that no, you guys know you guys get Marcus smart. You mm-hmm. guys get Marcus smart and you give him Tristan Thompson, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I do really like Marcus smart, but, uh, I, I doubt too. Boston would do that. I, <laughs> I doubt Boston would do that. Um, I'm sure they'd love to get a member of the Horford family, um, back in the organization, but I, I just don't <laughs> see how the, the money would work for Tristan. Yeah, that's one of those things where that that team, all their money is invested in their young core, and Danny Ainge is desperately in love with their young core. So it's either that or Gordon Hayward uh, to to make any salaries match, and he's too overpaid on the other end. So it's like it's it's going to be really hard for them to swing for that defensive center if it's a defensive center that makes any money. I will mm-hmm. say uh, there's been a like uh, very. Uh, vocal segment of Pistons fandom that's like trade Gordon Hayward for Andre Drummond as a way to just kind of fit uh, like what huh. both teams like currently need and like that. That's before hey, Hayward probably might have played his way out of that. Yeah, man, but, that's that's really weird. I that's man. a really weird trade. I I, don't, I can't make heads or tails of that. Like I I kind of like it for both teams, but then I don't know how they would replace what they're moving out. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's, huh. that and uh, Hayward's more prone to injury than Andre has always been. Like my hang up with that. But that's, that's, that's kind of nice. yeah. That's kind of changing chairs on the Titanic. Like yeah. ugh. Um, yeah, that, that's a weird one, man. I'm, I'm going to need to marinate on that. That's I'm, the kind of trade I turn down when I, I'm playing 2K and I'm regulating what the other teams are doing because I don't trust the AI. <laughs> I, I think that's a, that's a pretty good analogy. So, guys, I got some really good news for you, though. Um, oh. Really, really big news. Um, what a bounce back half hour this has been for my fantasy hockey team. Justin. <laughs> All right, that is about it for the pod today. 
Ah, Jonathan Marcichal with a Hattie Palmieri with goals. Oh my God, guys I'm, that I picked up today I'm, got goals. It's I'm a beautiful sick day. right now. <laughs> I just needed to discuss Justin. Carter one more time. That's that's what this really came down to. Because I never know when the the last time I'm going to pod with him is. So I, I need to uh, I need to kind of Apparently make an I'm impact. Dying. I was like, wait, yeah, dad life isn't like conducive to like podcasting. I would what? We're not quitting, but we are taking a little break. Who's we? I'm going to replace you. <laughs> oh, wow. That's fair. That's fair. It's you like yeah, illegal screens up in here. He, he's, he's not going to be the same after he has a child. I, I just don't, I don't trust him. <laughs> All right. Lad, thank you so much for coming on with us. Really do appreciate the insight with the Pistons as well as the Eastern Conference. As I mentioned, everybody check it out. Pistons versus everybody. You can search it. Uh, search for it by name or uh, by searching Blue Wire Pods. Make sure that you do the same thing that we ask you to do for us, which is leaving a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. It's the best way to help support the podcast. Um, you can also tell friends and family about it. If you want to support us directly, you can do so by finding the Chase Down Premium. Um, it's like Patreon only directly to us uh you can also be part of our discord chat by sending a screenshot of any reviews you leave for us to chase at gmail.com and we will send you that link to the discord it's a kind of cool place where you can talk about the calves uh we got game threads we got trade unfortunately discussion. we've really let a lot of not calves fans in there so it's getting more contentious by the day yeah you know what there, there is that's that. the, that's the, the Nance wars are also going on in there <laughs> but we love them nonetheless. Absolutely, we're 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 an inclusive place. I I don't I don't block anybody out. So uh, come come join us there and, and don't be a dick. Uh, so however you choose to support us, we do appreciate it. Uh, it really does mean a lot to us. Check out Pistons First, everybody. Support us. Leave ratings everywhere. That's the best way to support us, nerds. That podcast. And until next time, go Cavs.